And welcome to another great edition of Strong Style. I'm your host, Jeremy, The Impact York. Welcome. Welcome in. Obviously, it's always later than we want to in the week, but hey, things happen. Things happen. I took time out of my busy evening of uh, prepping for a 5K tomorrow night. Yep, because uh, I'm only a month out of the Peachtree Road Race, which some of you may or may not know. That is uh, to be the third time I'm running that. It'll actually be the first time I've actually I will actually be running it. Uh, first, the first year I walked it with some friends. That's pretty intense. Um, last year I got to do it uh, kind of on my home track. Virtually, this will be the first year on the Maxi on the big track. But tomorrow night, uh, we are raising some money, and uh, it's called Run with the Badges. It, it's fun. You get uh, you get to wear glow sticks and things like that, and um, run through some fun little neighborhoods and raise money for uh, some really good things. But uh, like I said. Took some time away from my busy prep in doing that. Yeah, we all know I was sitting here watching TV or something, right? Right. Well, I want to talk about the world of combat sports because there is a lot going on. There was a lot that happened over the week, the last week. Let's jump right into it. I'm going to start with WWE news because I'm going to talk about what you guys want me to talk about here in the end. Right, right, or right at the, right after going over the shows. You guys will get what I mean. Uh, of course, Raw, we had Lashley, Drew, and Kofi. This is a fun program. I, I very much like it. Because uh, these are all guys who have fought and fought and fought and were finally given their due. And... Uh, they're all champs or former champs, which is just amazing in, in itself. And they're they're all different in how they wrestle. So plus if they're not fighting each other, then who is fighting for the world title? Uh, I had some ideas, but we'll get into that here shortly. But no, they, they have the three of them uh, where they they keep facing off with each other. It's kind of uh, it's I don't know, I really like the program but it's just not much that hasn't Just I don't know I don't know how long they're going to keep this up because Kofi needs to go back with Xavier Woods with the tag team stuff. And you know if Drew's not fighting Lashley, then what's Drew doing? And then if if Lashley retains as he should, then who 
fights Lashley, you know. Didn't we try to answer this last week? We tried. But uh, they haven't given us any anything else much more on Raw as far as that. So we'll have to see what they come up with. Have I seen this week's? Yes. Does it affect this? I will not tell you. You should watch it yourself. Uh, we had Rhea Ripley take on Nikki Cross in a two-minute challenge. Ripley says uh, Nikki's nothing, basically, and that I can beat her in two minutes. Yeah. This, this, uh, I really like this program. Because, spoiler alert, uh, Nikki takes on Charlotte in a two-minute challenge this week. And this is a fantastic way to take a returning Nikki Cross, who a lot of people don't realize is as good as she is, and immediately insert her in the middle of a championship squabble. And a championship feud between Ripley and Charlotte. And I gotta give them credit. They're actually putting somebody different up in the top. I think it's because Oscar's gonna take a little bit of time away because she pretty much carried that title for a long time, which is uh, pre- it's pretty hard on you. It's it's night in, night out. You're always going. But uh, Nikki wins the two minute challenge over Rhea Ripley because Rhea, instead of watching the clock, decided to just continue to pummel Nikki and the two minutes elapsed, so congratulations, Nikki. And even though it's already happened, for the people who haven't seen it, good luck in your match, your two-minute challenge versus Charlotte this week. Not to be outdone, Charlotte and Oscar had a match uh, shortly thereafter where Charlotte was able to win that one. Once again, it's it's Rhea and Charlotte. It's You're going to see this feud for a a little while, I believe, but you know, insert Nikki in there is fine. Oscar's still a big one. It makes sense. The Raw Women's Division, I think, is is probably in the best. It's probably in the best place of the three WWE brands as far as uh, going strong. It's got a lot of good things going. The contenders are pretty easily mapped out. At the moment, you know, I, th- I think I think Raw's doing a good job with that. We had Cedric Alexander take on Shelton Benjamin. I guess this is going to be a month-long split between them because it's been a handful of weeks, and they wrestled again this week. Uh, Cedric showed that he will pull out all the stops when he needs to to beat his opponent. Uh, kind of used a little bit of an underhanded tactic here. I will not tell you what he did this week. Or what Shelton did as well. Um, I really think it should just be a tag team. I don't know why they had... Uh, dropping them from Lashley and MVP, fine. Why are you splitting them? They were one of the better teams you had in a tag division that needs a little uh, needs a little variety sometimes. So, Cedric and Shelton bring to the table just fantastic overall skills. And they're actually a pretty... working tandem pretty well. But Powers of B didn't think so. They're going to split them. My guess is Shelton could be on his way out right after that because I don't see what else he could do. But uh, Cedric wins that one. Sheamus takes on Humberto Carrillo, which goes pretty well. 
uh, it's such a clash of styles, but it works. Uh, you get Seamus, the big bruiser. You get Humberto Carrillo, uh, kind of a taller Lucha Libre style flyer. But, man, it, it works, and, and that kid's just on top of it and just crisp. and uh, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun watching him wrestle. Sheamus is a great opponent for him. Sheamus wins this one. Uh, but that brings out Ricochet. It looks like they're going to do a little trio between the three of them. I like that, too. Ricochet is a lot more like Humberto Carrillo. But, man, Ricochet is hes a matchup dream for almost everybody. I've, I've seen him fight. All sizes. Uh, and then the last thing on Raw I wanted to really talk about was Natalia and Tamina as the champs. Now this is something WWE, kind of something WWE doesn't always do so well, and they're they're having issues with this at NXT. Because you're starting to get I mean, they're trying to have a women's tag division in NXT, but the problem is, is you don't have enough established teams. You did a tag team tournament, but we could tell you basically drew names out of a hat and put people together for the most part, outside of the way, outside of uh, Shotzi and Ember, which also looked like you kind of drew them, put them together. Uh, and Dakota and, and, and Raquel Gonzalez, who hang out together all the time, but very rarely do they ever wrestle together. So it just, it's, it's what, it's, it's what Raw, SmackDown, or the Women's Tag Team Championship on, on that, on those two shows, it's what they do a little better. Because you had... The Riot Squad, you've got Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax. You've got um, Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose. You've got Lana and Naomi. It's You have a lot of established teams, teams that we see week in, week out, teams that do a spectacular job of uh, showcasing their skills. They're, they're completely different teams. They don't all come out and do clotheslines for 15 minutes. They don't all do the same leg drop or hip tosses. No, they all have their own personality, and it's, it's actually pretty nice. But Natalia and Tamina as champs, I like it. They are similar to the people they beat in, in Nia and Shayna in that they are more physical, then they are, you know, showy. You're not, you're not going to see, you know, Tamina do a Hurricane Rana. If you do, that'd be ridiculously amazing. And you're not going to see Natalia do a uh, a cartwheel DDT like Jake Atlas does in NXT. You know, you just, it's not. I don't want to see those moves from those people. That's that's not their style. That's not the way they do things. I like. Natalia and Tamina as champs. Um, if anything, Shotzi and Ember kind of match up better with them if you wanted to go with that. 
But at the same time, it looks like Shayna is going to split from Nia. That kind of needs to happen. And then having Natalia and Tamina, you, you get a couple, well, a third generation and a second generation star. So you're, you're given more of a lineage nod. And also, they represent the titles very well. Nia's just weird with the title. That's, that's what throws me off. Shayna looks like she's supposed to have it. But it'll be interesting to see what they do with them. But I like Natalia and Tamina's champs. It's it's not just, oh, well, this is a change-up, it's a good uh, change of pace. No, I, I think it fits them that if you had never seen wrestling before and I introduced you to Natalia and Tamina and said, hey, they are the women's tag team champions from the Raw and SmackDown brands, and you would probably go, that looks like it makes sense. But I keep talking about NXT. Why don't we talk about NXT? I keep mentioning I guess. Uh, it opened up last week's show opened up with Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon taking on Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. Of course, Shotzi and Ember win because I think Dakota's about to get called up and Raquel's the champ. They're not a tag team. They're two people that hang out together for advantageous reasons. Yeah, they're probably friends, but they very much use each other's company to get where they need to get. And uh, that's why I think it's going to be interesting when Dakota gets called up. And she will very much be on an island if they don't pair her up. But Chelsea and Ember, they're starting to establish themselves as one of the better teams as well. Of course, they lost the title to the way. Which is fine. Uh, I, I don't mind Candice Ray ever winning a championship. Indy Hartwell is, as uh, she does some pretty good things. I used to think she was one of the enhancement talent. She may have been at one point. Pairing her up with Candice LeRae and Gargano and... Gosh, I forget his name now. Uh, putting her in the way and doing the Dexter Loomis stuff and all that. Uh, we're I think we're setting Indy Hartwell up to be a big player down the road. And that's that's fantastic. The women's division of NXT is, is just off the charts. Uh, the returning Bobby Fish took on Pete Dunn. Bobby Fish, I hate saying, I, I, I really despise, really do not like saying uh, underrated, things like that. But uh, Bobby Fish, one of the best technical wrestlers. he got flash and pizzazz as well. He's one of the best technical wrestlers you probably don't remember or can't recall when you're trying to, to name off great technical wrestlers. I would very much like to see Gargano and Bobby Fish in a match. I think they would be just matchup dreams for each other. But Pete Dunne and that brutal, strong style that he likes to enforce ends up with the victory. But I wrote, wow, after this match. And I wrote it after another match later on as well. But Bobby Fish, Pete Dunne, could have been the main event of a pay-per-view. It was just that good. And it wasn't just, oh, I beat you up, you beat me up, I beat you up, you beat me up, somebody wins. No, they they just, they're so good at telling the story of what they're trying to do. And uh, 
go back and watch that match. I'm sure a lot of you guys have the network. I I implore you to go back and watch Bobby Face versus Pete Dunne from last week. Uh, there is a, another cool little storyline they're tr- trying to do with Cameron Grimes, Ted DiBiase, and L.A. Knight. These are... They match up very well. L.A. Knight's just trying to impress a legend. Cameron Grimes is just trying to uh, buddy up with somebody who has more money than him. And Ted DiBiase... It's like he's doing well. And he could actually help both of these guys uh, elevate their games. And, and I think this, this program's going to do that. We finally got to see the debut of Frankie Monet. Took on Cora Jade. Cora Jade being the enhancement talent in this case. But, hey, Frankie let her get some stuff in. And it is weird for me to call her Frankie Monet. Uh, Ty Valkyrie. I, I know her other name as well, but she is known as, as by that for a lot of things she has done. But she debuted. Uh, the gimmick she has is okay. Uh, that's fine. I think she can elaborate and do some other things in it. But for now, you come in, you get a couple wins under your belt, and I say within three or four months you're going to see her in a title picture because she's just that good. And then the last match, the other one I wrote, wow, we got Finn Balor versus Karrion Cross 2. Cross uh, wins this one as well. What a great boost up for him. But these two just dropped the hammer on each other. This was brutal. This was everything you thought it would be and more. I don't want to rank the two times they face. Let's just say that this one's right up there with the other one. And uh, like I said, Cross retains as he should. Going to this week's NXT, about four or five contenders kind of show themselves, make themselves known that they want to be in the title picture. And uh, you should watch NXT from this week to see how that played out. Let's go to SmackDown. I think it's only a matter of time before Carmella is the champion again. I know Bianca Belair is uh, the new flashy, uh, pretty decent wrestler. She she does fine. She's not bad. Uh, not not really one of my favorites, but I mean that is what it is. Maybe you maybe you like her. It's fine. I just I see there's a lot of things they can do with Carmella as the champ, and uh, if you're not going to have Bailey get it back, then, then I think Carmella is one that uh, you need to look at. I, I really like the way they've kind of repackaged and polished her up a little bit in her return, and uh, she may duck out of the picture for a second, but I think after after Bailey will unfortunately job out to Bianca Belair, I've very much think that Carmella could could be right back in the picture and uh, maybe be the one to take it off Bianca. Uh, Seth Rollins and the things he's doing with Cesaro just it shows you why Seth is just off the charts. Great, like I said, if anybody was going to beat Roman for the title, I think Seth is the leading contender. I think a multi-man match where he somehow takes out Roman in the end. Would that would be the time to to move it? Because straight up, 
Seth would have to deal with the Usos and everything else. But once again, Seth Rollins is at least a third of the reason you should tune into SmackDown every week. He uh, His promos are on point. Every action he does has meaning. He's not just out there running around for nothing. Uh, we had KO, Kevin Owens versus Apollo. This ended up being a DQ win for KO when uh, the little military henchman that Apollo has with him did his, uh, his spike, his wherever he's from, spike. Okay, it's it, that's starting to be the be-all, end-all knockout punch, so that, that's fine. But uh, KO winning the match against Apollo means he will get a title match at some point. The problem is, is as good as KO is, they're not going to have Apollo drop the title anytime soon, I don't think. So uh, this is just another time where the better wrestler is jobbing out to the up-and-comer. Rick Boogs was back. He is the crazy 80s-style guitarist that plays guitar when Shinsei Nakamura comes out. Nakamura took on Chad Gable, and even with the help of Otis, Shinsuke still got the win over Chad Gable and Otis with the uh, Alpha Academy. Uh, Rick Boogs, man, he... <laughs> if you don't know who Rick Boogs is, you should be watching SmackDown. Uh, he, he has his moments, for sure. Uh, let's see, what else was there? Oh, we had um, Rey Mysterio got dinged up in the back. So Dominic decided to take on Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler by himself. He actually did a fantastic job, and, and Ray did come out towards the end. Gave just enough distraction so Dominic could pick up the win. It was a huge win. And look, the SmackDown Tag Division... They've got some established teams. They've got to build them up a little more instead of having them beat up each other all the time. But at the same time, uh, Dolphin Rude and, and the Usos are by far their best teams. The Mysterios are okay. And uh, them, them as tag champs? Okay, fine. But uh, even though Dominic and, and Ray ended up victorious in this one, the Usos attacked uh, tagged them afterwards. Although, I'm not sold on the Usos back as a team. I think uh, Jimmy wants them to be. Not sure that Jay necessarily wants them to be. But we'll see how that plays out. Because SmackDown is just uh, a day away. Now, the thing that you guys want me to talk about, because... I've heard messages and, and seen things from you guys and, and talked to some of you in person. The WWE just released six more people this year. All of them were surprises to me. Although I can pretty much validate why I think each one was released. Let's start with the one, once again, that unless you are familiar with things like WOW Women of Wrestling, if you are... Uh, big on the independent scene, and you know who Santana Garrett is. She was on NXT a handful of times. 
she was mostly looked like enhancement talent, which is just a waste of, of her skills. She's one of the best wrestlers on the planet. She's got the look. She's uh, in the best shape of her life. Uh, just, she'll land somewhere. She, I think she'll be on TV with somewhere. I'm not even going to speculate where, because there's a handful of options. A lot of them we talk about. But uh, I very much think that they tried to work her into the mix, and just, it, it got crowded. So, it's not that she wasn't good enough. As they tried to work her into the mix, they just, as usual, gave up on it before anything could materialize. So, Santana, Santana Garrett got her release. Uh, Murphy. This is why Murphy was released. It's because they... Let's see, when... When the storyline with the Mysterios and him were was going as strong as it was, they decided to drop his relation with uh, Mysterio's daughter. And in the process, when that happened, they just, creative just never came up with anything for Murphy to do. They at one point thought about putting him back with Seth. Nah, that's a waste. They couldn't pray him up with the Mysterios because they're a tag team. They don't need a third. So they just didn't have anything for him to do. And the WWE doesn't pay you to stand around. Even if you're trying not to stand around. So, Murphy, he got the axe because he just didn't have anything for it. Couldn't, couldn't come up with ways to write him into the show, which is more a knock on them than him. Once again, he's going to surface somewhere. And one that I, I thought this was going to happen a long time back, uh, Lana. Lana was released. We kind of knew... Once Rusev was released, now he's Miro, now he's the TNT champion on AEW. Once he was released, I kind of thought Lana would go with him. Lana would be a package deal. Nope, they kept Lana. She actually, her wrestling started to really come around and really do some good things. Her and Naomi were a pretty pretty good team. and But once again, uh, this is also their way to slight multiple people. And this is also their way to uh, kind of thin out. Because in general, all six of these people, it's pretty crowded on all three brands. So in order to bring in order to bring some people from NXT to the other brands and then reload NXT or people that are in NXT that are just not on TV to make spots for them, they're going to shuffle some stuff around. They usually do. You know, that's the reason Rhea lost the NXT belt a couple months back is so she could move up to, or not move up, but she could move over to the Raw brand. That makes sense. But uh, I think Lana was released because uh, they, because she's married to Rusev, or Miro, and, uh, because it, it, it's just getting crowded, and they're wanting to move some people up, and she's kind of low, low girl on the block there. She's one of them. Um, Alistair Black. 
they just they didn't have anything for him. Look at what they were coming up with. He was reading, I don't know, Edgar Allan Poe stories out of a book. He was being all dark and brooding, which is kind of what he does anyway, but it was smoke and mirrors and all this crazy, goofy, weird stuff. So, they just didn't have anything really for him. So, they let him go. I think he was trying to get his release anyway. I think Murphy was as well, because they're like, you know, if you're not going to use me a whole lot, uh, let me go elsewhere and, and at least get to wrestle. And so, that's what they're going to do. They'll... Most of these people here will probably get 90-day no-compete clauses where you can't go to direct competition, AEW. Um, I don't know if Impact Wrestling, I think it's it's considered competition as well, but that's that's the fear. Uh, but like I said, Alistair, as talented as he is, uh, sometimes he can kind of paint himself into a corner, I think with uh, the stuff he does. And I think they collectively painted each other into a corner and they just let him go. Uh, This was the most surprising one. It is, but it isn't. That's Ruby Riot. Of the Riot Squad, which means there's no more Riot Squad. It also means that Liv Morgan is just kind of on an island by herself because there's no Riot Squad and she's the only surviving member of the Riot Squad at this point. So they got rid of Sarah Logan a while back. Now, I I just, I, I think, like I said, I think it just comes down to it just got crowded. They need to make room. And, you know, just like on your favorite football team or your favorite baseball team, sometimes you get rid of established people. Maybe to save a little money, but you're trying to make room for uh, somebody else on the team. And it just, it happens. We're watching it happen with Julio Jones and the Falcons right now here locally. Sometimes, even people who can still play at, at top elite levels, you in order to make room for the people behind them, you have to move them on. And, look, Ruby's going to go somewhere. She'll be under her actual name, or her indie name more than likely, which I cannot remember off the top of my head. But uh, she's just way too good of a worker. And she has so much spunk and, and spark that uh, she, she's going to land somewhere, too. Uh, she's We're going to see her. I'll be honest, Impact Wrestling should go after uh, Ruby Riot and maybe Santana Garrett because that would be the shot in the arm that their women's division needs right now to uh, bring them back up to another level. Plus, it'd give Deanna Perrazzo more people to face. Just saying. And then last, Braun Strowman. Yeah, Braun, Braun Strowman. I think... The fact that he got in as good a shape as he got in here recently, I, I think uh, the way he toned up, um, no, I don't think he's taking anything. I think he just works out super well. Uh, but it just kind of shows you they, they were running out of things for him to do. Because, I mean, you could put him against Lashley or Drew or, or even Kofi. Okay, then what? Whether he wins or loses, then what? Uh the fact that in order to not only build him up, but to give him something to do since he returned, 
right there at WrestleMania. They put him against Shane McMahon. I think that was just one of those ways of saying, I, I don't know what else we can do with you. And so, Braun gets released. He'll get picked up by somebody. We know that. Or he'll go back into to, to bodybuilding or, or whatever. He wasn't really bodybuilding. He was a strong man, I believe. He'll he'll be back. We'll see him on TV very soon. But those are the releases. Overall, I think it's it's more or less they ran out of things for them to do or they were getting close to that, kind of painting themselves into corners. And also this makes room because, like I said, I feel like uh, Dakota Kai is going to move out of NXT soon. Um, I think Cross could, but he it's a little bit of a stretch. You need him to stay down there and be established. But if you told me some of the other people in NXT were potentially going to get the, uh, the boost up, I can see that. I can definitely see that. Uh, let's move to Impact Wrestling. They opened up last week. These, there's only three moments that I, that I felt were worthy enough to even mention right now. It opened up with TJP versus, or TJP and Falaba. They're a pretty decent little team. Versus PD Williams and Josh Alexander. The thing of note in this is that TJP got the pinfall victory over Josh Alexander. And somewhat spoiler alert because I haven't seen the end of it. Impact Wrestling opened tonight. Uh, you had to watch the lead-up show up into it, but it was a 60-minute Iron Man match between TJP and Josh Alexander. Uh, 60 minutes is way too long. 30 minutes is what any of those should be, if that. Because most of the time that means there's about 50 two minutes of just garbage waste time stuff and about eight to 10 minutes of uh, decent action or pinfalls or things like that. But it was, you know, but as of note, TJP to get the win over Josh Alexander, the exhibition champion that ultimately led to the Iron Man match that happened now. Uh, but I, I thought that was, was interesting. Maybe they were trying to validate why TJP would get a title shot. So you have him with a clean victory over Josh like that. Uh, I, I like TJP a lot. I like him better than Josh Alexander. Josh Alexander needs to be the exhibition champion because it changes up the matchups that you get when he faces people. He is not a high flyer, but that does not mean that he can't when he needs to. And he has a, a very uh, mat based wrestling style that is just so different from almost everybody else in the division that it, it just gives you fun matchups. So, uh, I hope he was able to retain in that. Uh, second moment of Impact Wrestling worth noting is the W. Morrissey. Whether he comes out and talks, whether he comes out and runs over people. You know, it's it's basically Big Cass is, is who it is. You know, they used to team with, with Enzo Amore. It's basically Big Cass. I like the W. Morrissey. I don't know if this is his actual name or what. But uh, he's a big bruiser. And uh, it seems like he's really worked on his wrestling. He's really cleaned up some things. Uh, I think he, I think in the promo this week or last week, he got pretty real about where he's been in the past handful of years. Uh, he, he had some pretty rough times and was able to rebound it. And now he's trying to put it all back together. And with his size and, and ability, I don't, I don't 
want to compare these two other than this moment. He could definitely use Impact Wrestling as, as the way Matt Morgan did as a big, tough, potential heavyweight contender. Come over to Impact, kind of get everything back rolling, show everybody that even as a big man that you can you can just go with about anybody. And uh, I like that he's not paired off with anybody. That's That's pretty cool. They're letting him kind of stand on his own. I don't think he needs other people. But, yeah, looking to uh, see who the, the first big W. Morrissey feud is going to be with. The whole Moose and Sammy Callahan versus the Good Brothers. We all knew this was going to happen here. Uh, Sammy is trying to get it through Moose's head that they're not buddies. They're not pals. They're not anything. It's not Team Impact Wrestling versus, uh, you know, Omega and Good Brother stuff there. It's, no, it's Sammy's like, the only reason I team with you is, is it's my way to get at Kenny Omega. Like, we're only tag partners. Or we're only friends when we're tag partners. And as soon as, as soon as that bell rings to end the match, we're not. Like I said, they need to get the Impact Wrestling belt off of Omega soon. Um, if there is a three-way match, I think Moose could win that. If not, I think Callahan's just maniacal enough. If we're going to do crossovers, why can't we get why can't we get John Moxley versus Sammy Callahan? Two complete nutcases that would tear the house down. Why can't we get that? But, uh, like I said, Moose and Sammy, not really feuding, not really teaming, but uh, kind of a joint effort to take down Omega. I like it. These are the two people most believable to take the title off of Omega. So hopefully they don't blow that. Uh, AEW, this this had a lot of, a lot of interesting moments. I'm going to try to breeze through some of them. There was a weigh-in before the match this weekend between Cody and uh, a go-go. Paul White was the kind of efficient in it because if anything goes down, Big Show's got it. Uh, it was interesting to kind of do that with a go-go being a uh, former Olympic boxer and things like that. You know, I, it was different. We don't, we don't see weigh-ins very often. So, it's different. They both brought out their entourages. This one is. Uh, Joey Janela continues to be uh, one of the best dance partners for the talent. Hangman Page had a uh, really good match with him. Hangman, if anybody's going to take the AEW title off of Omega, it seems like they are still grooming Hangman to do that. We'll talk about his double or nothing match here in a minute. Man, there's a lot to talk about with that. Uh, but Paige gets victory there. Then you get uh, Pac and Omega and Cassidy, who all kind of are in each other's faces. Then the best friends show up. Then the Lucha Brothers show up. Then the Good Brothers show up. Everybody shows up. It's crazy. 
But uh, it was all just to promote the uh, the three-way dance they had at Double or Nothing, which I will talk about in a second. Uh, Jade Cargill has picked Mark Sterling as her representation. We'll see what that has anything to do with. I just wanted to mention it in case it becomes something later. Uh, Dante Martin from Top Flight, his partner, is uh, currently on the shelf. So uh, he took on Miro for the TNT title. Did Miro beat the crap out of him? Yes. Did uh, Dante look good in in, uh, trying to take on Miro? Sure. To be the, the young upstart the way he is, I think he's the youngest guy on the roster at 18 or 19. Uh, him and Miro had a great match. Of course, Miro retains is what it is, but it'll be interesting to see if in uh, 30, 60, or 90 days, just depending on how WWE wants to play it, if Lana and Miro link back up. Because now that we know she can wrestle a little bit, well, that, that brings up some interesting scenarios we can get into. You know, the uh, the mixed tag matches and all. Hikaru uh, Shida come down to the ring. She talked about how uh, carrying the title during the pandemic was uh, very hard and challenging. But, uh, you know, basically she felt like it, the division was in a good place. And I agree. They presented her with a new women's belt that they are uh, they, they basically just uh, cleaned up and buttoned up a little bit of the old one. I don't know if they're going to let her keep that one. But, of course, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, shows up to uh, push their feud a little more, which is great. Evil Uno and Stu Grayson took on Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. They're pushing Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. Uh, I hate that Evil Uno gets a loss in this one, but he does. Because Scorpio and Ethan are... um, well, they're starting that thing with, with Darby Allen and, and Sting. That's just kind of interesting. Um, it's weird that the Dark Order have uh, kind of become faces. They've kind of become the good guys, and it, it all had to do with the untimely passing of their form or their leader, uh, Brody Lee. You know, this is not some wrestling storyline thing that, for people who don't know, he really did pass away. And instead of naming a, a new leader, they have just continued to function as, as one big unit. And uh, anytime they come out, they get cheered. So it's it's interesting because they were probably going to be the faction to, uh, you know, have things here or there, slowly recruit people here. And the, the way they first started, I didn't know what kind of group we were going to get into. But you know what? You know, working out pretty well, didn't it? Uh, Then uh, Darby came out and a group of stings. I do not know what you call a group of stings, but there was a group of them. And as Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page were trying to uh, manhandle through them, they eventually got to the one that was actually sting. And uh, so the four of them fight a little bit ahead of their match at Double or Nothing. Uh, Inner Circle had Eric Bischoff kind of going through some of their better moments. They had some video packages. 
Because in the off chance they lost to Pinnacle over the weekend, if they did lose, then the inner circle would break up forever. It's like, okay. So they, they did a lot of video packages. They did a real good job of uh, kind of leading you to believe that this could be it. And was this it? Well, let's talk about the results from the pay-per-view. Uh, on the pre-show, NWA Women's Champion Serena Deeb defeated Rio in a uh, just spectacular match. Those two really know how to wrestle. And the fact that they basically have the NWA and AEW Women's Championships regularly defended on their show definitely gives them some more leeway. Hangman Adam Pace defeated Brian Cage. Page over Cage. This was more of a straight-up battle. You know, Page had called out uh, Brian Cage that you don't need Taz, you don't need these other guys. And so every time they were trying to do something about it, you know, to interfere, Brian Cage was calling them off. Because it's, it's a good point. As big and bad and great of a wrestler as Brian Cage is, you don't, you don't need those. You can be in a group with them. That's fine. And you guys can do things in a group. But when it comes to matches, they need to stay out of your way. But uh, Hangman wins that. It, like I said, it's it's looking like I would say in a couple months we're going to see Hangman Page take on Kenny Omega, the former partners, former tag team champions. Uh, it's it's going to be a spectacular moment. Uh, the Young Bucks defeated John Moxley and Eddie Kingston to retain their AEW tag team titles. Young Bucks, probably the best tag team on the planet. Uh, Kingston and Moxley, though, you know? Kingston and Moxley are a pretty good team. They're a pretty good team. Uh, but there's there's no reason for them to win this uh, and take it away from the Young Bucks, who are just on a tremendous roll right now. Uh, they had the Casino Battle Royal. Looked like Christian Cage was going to win. Then Jungle Boy won. So Jungle Boy gets a, I believe, world title match or TNT one or the other. I believe it's world title match in a couple weeks on AEW. So shout out to him. Jungle Boy, man, he is. He is uh, Jungle Boy Jack Perry. He's good. He's really good. Now, he's kind of small compared to some people, but he can go with anybody. He is he is one I would definitely build on on the future going forward. Uh, Cody Rhodes defeated Anthony Agogo. It's a really competitive match. It really showcased Agogo, but you're not going to beat Cody. No, a new guy through the door is not going to beat Cody. But Agogo, Anthony Agogo is... He's going to be a pretty good wrestler. I think he's he's going to be a pretty good talent for sure. TNT champion Miro defeated Lance Archer. So once again, Lance Archer is jobbing out two people. You know, they're, they're pretty even. There was little to no real story to this. Just the two of them just kind of up and just decided to go at each other. I really want to see Lance Archer do a lot more than, than they have him doing. I don't know what, but something. But uh, congratulations to Miro. I'm a fan of both these guys. Uh, he keeps the TNT champion for another week. We have a new AEW Women's Champion. Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, defeated Hikaru Shida. 
And this wasn't another blood and guts match like she had before. No, this was straight up. The two of them destroyed each other. And it's so fantastic. Like I said, Kurushita, for what she did over the past year, is uh, just exceptional. The way she was able to help build this women's division into just absolute... It's it's one of the best divisions in wrestling. And uh, it, it was just time for a new champ, and there was only one option. I mean, not one option. There was only one choice, and that's Dr. Britt Baker, because the things she's done going forward, or the things she'll do going forward, is what AEW's dressing division needs. So congratulations, Dr. Britt Baker. She absolutely deserves it, and I look forward to seeing the things she's going to do now that she's finally the champion. Uh, Sting and Darby Allen defeated Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky, and Sting, to not be in the ring for the last, what, five, six, seven years, whatever it is, uh, Sting looked good. Sting looked real good. It was a lot of flashbacks to uh, NWO Sting. Uh, jumping off of things, uh, off the stage, and he he looked like the old Sting. Now he probably is feeling like old, old, old Sting at this point, but uh, he, he looked good. And uh, I'm glad that he went out that way, or, or that he went out and represented himself that way. Because, I mean, you just never know. Like, like Christian Cage hasn't wrestled a handful of years. He comes out doesn't embarrass himself. He's still top of his game. Um, and then lastly, your AEW world champion, Kenny Omega, defeated Pac and Orange Cassidy in a triple threat match. Pac is, is still a huge contender, and the unorthodox Cassidy is as well. This match, you, you couldn't have any more randomness as far as talent level in there. This was the main event for a reason, not just because it was Omega not just because it was for the world championship. These three just put on a barn burner of a show. And uh, once again, if you didn't see Double or Nothing, go back and see it. I think it's still on pay-per-view. You can probably see it through AEW's website or their app or any of those things there. But uh, definitely, definitely go do that. It was a fantastic pay-per-view all the way up and down. Uh, Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor. Oh, wait, I forgot. Uh, the Inner Circle actually defeated uh, the Pinnacle in the Stadium Stampede match. So, the Inner Circle cannot, will uh, stay a group, as they should, and uh, this just sets up so many more things, so many more matchups between members of these two groups and how they will cross paths with each other. That was actually the main event, but the other one should have been. All right, Ring of Honor. Remember they had the Battle Royal, LSG and Joe Keys end up in the uh, finals of it. So they faced each other. Where the They're both non-ranked right now, not the top five of either of any division. And the winner of this match got to pick between the TV and the pure division that they will automatically be ranked. Well, 
uh, as good as Joe Keys is, and it's just fresh out of the academy, he's really, really pretty good. LSG, who's the trainer, LSG ends up with the victory here. I believe he chose the pure. It's kind of a weird moment where he said both of them. But uh, I think he took the pure, which is a good choice. I think it's a good choice. Uh, You're going to get a different style. You're going to get a different style matchup with that. And then in the main event, Violence Unlimited took on the Foundation. And the Foundation has some cracks in it because they lost to Violence Unlimited. And it shocked all of them. And uh, it really looked like uh, they were kind of out on their feet there for a minute. Maybe you took a real shot towards the end. But, hey, Violence Unlimited is, is a group to watch out for. And they're going to do some good things, too. Uh, let's see. What else are we going to talk Oh, got to get into a couple fight cards coming up this weekend. Uh, we talked about UFC I thought it was going to be last week. Turns out it's this week. We talked about it a little bit last week. Uh, if you want to hear more about uh, more about that card, uh, go on last week's episode. Uh, but the next UFC is this weekend. It is fight night. It is uh, Rosa Strike and gosh, for the life of me, it is. Those that is Juncino, Rosenstrike. Let's see. Can we get that up? Can we pull that up? Anyway. Uh, the card is full of a lot of really good fights. Um, it's kind of like when the pandemic kind of shut things down. They had so many different people fighting that you may not knew who they were, but they were all good fights. Well, that's that's a lot like what this um, card is going to look like. Oh, Sakai, that's it. Uh, it's Urzino Rosenstrike against Augusto Sakai. That's going to be fantastic. Uh, you got Marcin uh, Tabura against Walt Harris. Roman Deliz is going to take on uh, Lorraine Ostarapoli. Santiago Ponzinibbio is going to take on Miguel Baeza. Of course, I have no problem saying Ponzinibbio, but can't say Baeza. That's crazy. Uh, Gregory Rodriguez and Dusko Torodovic. And then Tom Breeze, Antonio Arroyo. That's all uh, the main card. From the Apex, that's going to be a fun one. For sure. Um, next Bellator fight night, or Bellator event, is June 11th. That will be next weekend. That is Lima versus Anosov. That's going to be fun. We'll talk more about that next week. In a couple weeks, Triller has a uh, big, big uh, boxing 
event coming up. It's got the. Uh, it's going to be like the last one, the one, the one here in Atlanta. Uh, it's going to have a lot of really great boxing action. They are not in business with the Paul brothers currently. That was that was not their their thing anyway. They they uh, they signed on for a fight to have them there to give them a place to showcase uh, their skills and things, and so they did. But Triller is, is setting up quite the boxing mecca. This is a place where titles are defended. We will go over the uh, the entire card uh, in the next couple weeks. But just know there are some fantastic things going on in that Triller uh, June 19th card. Uh, and the other cards I want to talk about real quick, it was booked. If I can find it real quick, I had it. Jake Paul is going to take on Tyron Woodley on Showtime. It's uh, August 24th, something like that. August 24th, I believe. Uh, we're finally going to get to see uh, these two Lockhorns here. We'll talk more about it as it gets closer to it, but that has been booked. Showtime has signed both Paul brothers to multi-fight or multi-event deals, I believe, which is weird because Jake Paul said he likes to go one-fight deals at a time, but maybe him and Logan got together and, and uh, decided to, to uh, do this, or Showtime showed on the button. Either way, there is a there's an event this weekend. It's a Showtime event. Uh, it's got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten fights. Um, here are the any of them are are just spectacular. You're just all over. Um, different weight classes, everything like that. But uh, here's the two. You should watch the whole thing anyway on Showtime pay-per-view. But here are the two fights that you're going to be most interested in. Uh, I think kind of boxing, MMA, athlete Brian Maxwell is going to take on Chad Ochocinco Johnson in a boxing match. Uh Ryan Maxwell is probably the more seasoned fight athlete, but Chad Johnson is the better overall athlete. So we'll see how that goes. And then the main event, Floyd Money Mayweather is going to take on Logan. I used to be on Disney Paul. I believe Logan is allowed to weigh in around 190. Floyd is going to be around like 160, 170. They got parameters set on this one, but let's just talk about this for a second. To know what you guys are saying. Oh, here we go again. Uh, this is uh, this is going to be like the last one. No, it's this is Floyd Mayweather. This is an exhibition now. This, that means that this fight technically does not go on either one of their records. So even if Floyd loses, he uh, technically still undefeated. But see, here here's what's going to happen with this fight. Can Logan Paul win this fight? Sure. Sure. And once again, I'm not going to just go with the, the simple answer that everybody else says. Oh, he's got a puncher's chance. No, it's dumb. It's dumb and insulting. Here's what's going to happen. Floyd Mayweather Jr., Floyd Money Mayweather, is going to nickel and dime. He, he's gonna, he slowly chips away at the armor. And wears you out, and he goes to the body, and, and he's—I think he's going to try to wear him out. And as he tries to wear 
Logan Paul out. Then he'll start going for the bigger shots uh, up top. What Logan is going to do, I think he is going to fight um, a lot like he is going to fight a lot like his brother. He's taller. I think they're right around the same weight wise. I think he's a little taller. Um, so he's going to have to punch down a lot. And so in in uh, that, that's going to be kind of interesting. Punching down and punching up are, are two completely different things. But at the same time, uh, Logan's going to be loading up for some big punches. He's going to work the jab a little bit. Hopefully he throws some one two, some one two threes, maybe even some one two three fours, some combos. Maybe he throws some body shots, just some things to get Floyd's attention. You don't want to tick him off because if you tick off Floyd, he's going to embarrass you and he's probably going to try to drop you. Uh, Floyd is probably the heavy favorite, I would probably say. I would probably say he's probably the he's probably the, the 70 80 percent majority favorite, but I think don't don't discount Logan Paul. Is he gonna win this fight? I don't know. He could. I don't personally think so, but I think he's going to hang with Floyd as long as Floyd wants him to hang with him. But at the same time, he's going to show these guys some chops. This loss is not going to hurt Logan because, hey, he got a fight with Floyd Mayweather. You're not going to lose. And the Paul brothers can build on this. Um, guys, June now, July, now it'd be too soon for him to be on his brother's card. Uh, probably September, October, I could see Logan fighting again, October, November-ish. But, hey, if Logan won, if Logan wins, you heard here first, I'm giving him a chance. I gave Jake a chance, I actually picked Jake to win his fight. Um, but we'll see how it goes. This is why we tune in, because, like I said, Floyd Mayweather should win this. But then again, who knows? But, that's going to do it for us this week. Shout out to all you amazing people who make Strong so much fun to do every week. I am Jeremy, the Impact York. We will see you guys next week. Go watch wrestling, peeps.